listening to the Go and Tell Gals podcast, and I'm your host, Jess Connolly. On each episode, I'll have a guest who will give us a peek into what it looks like for her to run on mission in her everyday life. Our prayer is that it leaves you encouraged and spurred on to go and tell the good news right where you're at. All right, y'all know our guest today, but I'm going to tell you, you might be hearing a whole different side of her life today. My good friend, Jessica Honiger, is on the podcast today. Jessica is the founder of Noonday Collection. She's the best-selling author of the book Imperfect Courage that just came out a few months ago. She's fun. She's wild. She's fashion-forward. She also loves God relentlessly. And as you're going to hear about on this podcast today, I've sat with Jessica in quiet spaces and God has ministered to my heart through her. And so I believe in Jesus name, he's going to do the same thing through this conversation today for you. Get ready, get excited, and let's see what God might open up in our hearts. passage in scripture where Jesus says that there's no man born from a woman better than John the Baptist. That's one of my favorite passages, and I often paraphrase it about my friend Jessica Honiger. (laughs) Stop it, Jess. (laughs) I do. When people tell me they love you, my favorite thing is to say, like, she's better. She's better than you think. (laughs) I don't know. I love Jessica Hattiger. I love you. I love your life. I love how you love God. I love how you love women. I love how you love the world. I love how you champion women. Uh, well, and see me. I've had you down to my ranch in yes. Texas. It doesn't get more real than like seeing me out on the ranch. No, it doesn't. <laughs> and also, God has loved me well through you. I think we talked about this. I don't remember when we talked about it. Maybe online. Oh, oh, when we did an Instagram live for your book launch. But. The Holy Spirit ministered to me beside Jessica's pool when I like pulled up at her house on book tour, <laughs> tired, dusty, broken, scared. And she was like, here, sit by my pool. I'm going to give you a LaCroix and lime. And um, it was just this really beautiful, sacred moment. Anyhow, everybody loves Jessica and they should, but I want to pull back the curtain and show you some even more beautiful things about her that you might not know. Hey, thanks for taking time to podcast with us today. Yeah, of course. Excited to podcast. I think we'll have another pool moment. I swear that pool moment, I was a few months out from launching my book and I was like, Ooh, maybe I shouldn't do a book tour. <laughs> and now I'm needing my pool moment with you because I have been three months into my book launch and I'm doing my last book stop next week and yes. I'm definitely feeling a little ragged. So. Yes. And but it's been good. It looks like it's been great. Has it been good? It's been really fun. Yeah. It's been really fun. Yeah, yeah. It it has. And you know, I yeah, it's it's been a first for me to launch a book and to um, kind of use my book as a way to reach new people. And so I love meeting new people. I just love it. So yeah. I've I've had a lot of fun doing that. So Jessica's book is called Imperfect Courage. When I got it in the mail, I I sat and gently read it and like quietly cried for about 48 hours straight because it is <laughs> such a good shot of just 
adrenaline and encouragement and impartment of courage. It's just, it's such a good gift and I'm so thankful for it. If you haven't picked up a copy, you need to pick it up. It's also just a beautiful book. So you're going to love it, but let's, let's talk. So here's the thing. This is what people know about you. They know that you founded and run Noonday, which is Mm -hmm. changing the world, changing the way we wear jewelry, changing the way small business is done, changing the way, you know, people see mission and see artisans across the world. It's beautiful. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. You have a podcast, which is wildly Mm -hmm. successful and so amazing and incredible. And I love to listen to. You also just launched a book. What does mission look like in your life? Because I know those things, but I know there's more. Yeah. What do people not see? You know, I think what people don't see is that I really value connection, deep in-person connection. And after I've been running around, like usually the first thing I do when I get home is call a girlfriend. Hey, can you come sit in my hot tub on Saturday or let's go work out tomorrow morning together? I just really value loving my real in life friends. Mm -hmm. And I am a really loyal friend. Once you're kind of in, you're in. And I like to just really stick with people. I do have a lot of friends. My dad and I were having this conversation last night because he's like, babe, all I need are like two good friends. That's it. And I mean, you know, I've got probably like 10 to 15, like good friends. (laughs) That's probably something for me is, you know, how am I living my life on mission here in Austin, Texas? And I just am aware that for someone who is on a global mission and then also on mission here in America in a broader way to launch social entrepreneurs throughout the country. Authenticity is a really important value to me. And authenticity for me is like being who you are, wherever you are, being that same person. And I just would want anyone to walk into my house and see the same me that they got last week when I was speaking on a book tour or, you know, on the Going Scared podcast. Um, I think that's really important. And I think that's ultimately what people want. And even though we all have the tendency to armor up and to put on various masks according to who we are going to be with that day or the environment we're going to be in. I mean, I've done a lot of that. You know, when I when I go into entrepreneur environments, it's easy for me to want to kind of pretend and, you know, Google LinkedIn articles before I'm actually going to Harvard in three weeks for an executive leadership program. And it's like only 60 people got into this thing. And I'm already like, okay, Jess, like you're going to want to armor up. You're going to want to throw out some words that you don't fully maybe, (laughs) you know, know the meaning of or whatever, or maybe even the fact that I'm not is I'm not running our business as much anymore. We now have 60 employees and a really strong exec team. So I am in this kind of this new role of, of founder brand builder. I'm not as much in the weeds. And so it it would be tempting for me to kind of want to like fake a little bit. So I'm already 
anticipation of knowing it. My tendency is to put on the mask and the armor like, okay, well, how can I counteract that? How can I really dig in and focus on what I do have to bring to the table yeah. and focus on me and what I've got because I got something, you know, and maybe if I start comparing myself to Harvard MBAs, then sure, I'm, I'm going to feel like I have a lot. But if I just take that comparison away and just focus on what I've been given, I love that scripture and you'll know better than me. I think it's, is it, is it Peter and Paul when they're like walking up to the temple and there's a, a guy there who's begging for some money and, yes. and the guy's like, you know, can you, can you give me some money? And I just love, they look straight in the eyes are like, you know, we don't have any cash yes. actually, but what I do have is I can pray for you. Yes. And it's just, it's this powerful moment of like, instead of focusing on what they didn't have, it was like, you know what? I don't have that. And they didn't like, sorry, I feel so guilty. I don't have that. So I'm just going to run away in shame and hide from you. It was like, I don't have that. But what I can do right now is stop and say a prayer. And right. there's just so much power, I think, in focusing on what we do have. And I think that's what helps me when I'm kind of, you know, thinking about this idea of authenticity and living on Mission, whether it's my global mission, whether it's my local mission, whether it's my family mission, how am I being me and living from a place in my values no matter where I am? Yeah, that's so good. That's Acts 3 for anybody who's looking for it. Just an incredible piece of scripture. I love that. Oh, so good. And here's what I'm hearing you say and what I'm affirming that I see in your life too. But being an, an authentic friend really does change the world. I mean, mm. for women out there who are like, can't run a jewelry company, can't do this. Well, number one, you could be an ambassador for New Day, so tuck that in your back pocket. But number That's two, right. like, you you can change the world by being an authentic friend who shows up. And Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, the power when we show up for people and believe in others and call them forth. I mean, that's what you do. I mean, you, that's how you live and you just do that for other people in this beautiful, amazing way. So I just think we could all be more like Jess Conley, you know, that our world would be different and it would change, you know? And yeah, people are, people are longing for that. And, you know, I think there's a lot that wants to prevent us from showing up and being seen. And yet at the end of the day, that's, 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 it's the version people want. People want the real version of you. That's right. That's right. I love that. I was talking to you one time. You probably won't remember this. I was talking to you one time, but we weren't having a deep conversation. So it wasn't like you left in a, in a, you know, in an important conversation. We were like shooting the breeze, but you saw someone across the room who needed you and they didn't look like they needed you. They didn't tell you they needed you, but you said, she needs me. I got to go over there. And I, I just thought like, man, that, that's what this looks like. That's what mm. it looks like to be awake to what God's doing. To look mm. across the world to, to artisans in another continent to say, like, she needs me. But mm. also to look across the room at our friend and say, like, before she even asked me for help. I'm going to go over there and pray for you. Mm. I love it. I don't remember that. And I'm humbled to, mm. to hear that. Cause honestly, I feel like it's a struggle for me, like owning, Oh my God, I'm going to cry. But that's mm. cause I'm like ragged. But you know, you asked me if we could talk about my dad today, but, um, and I haven't really talked about it because I've been running so hard, but my dad got put emergency, um, in the hospital two weeks ago. And, 
he has cancer, but one of his immunotherapy drugs caused him to have an extremely rare reaction to the drug where he actually developed encephalitis, which is a swelling of the brain. It's a serious, serious neurological condition. And he was in the hospital for days before they diagnosed it. And it's, I mean, the condition is so scary because he, you literally lose your mind. So he was like shaking and couldn't remember my name. I mean, it was just awful, but we didn't know that. So for the first two days, mom's just like, I've got dad in the ER, come down. So I, I go down and it seemed like his condition was stabilizing a bit. And I had a book tour stop in Denver. So I literally like left the hospital, flew to Denver, did my book tour stop. And then I was flying back and his condition had worsened overnight. And mom's like, oh my gosh, we've just had to move him to the ICU. I don't know what's going on. I had to like literally hold him down last night. He was like Mm. totally incoherent. And I had this moment of, I was actually on my way to Guatemala. Like I was flying home from Denver and three years later, three hours later, I was supposed to fly to Guatemala with my friends, Micah May and Heather Avis. And we were doing research about what we could do about Down syndrome in Guatemala. And it's a trip I'd been looking forward to for months. And I know it sounds crazy and now everyone's going to think I'm super cold hearted, but I am a seven on the Enneagram, which basically means we are not connected to our hearts. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of am a little cold hearted, but I'm in this moment of, um, I like to diminish hard things, you know, I mean, which means you also know diminishing the good things. So I'm kind of thinking, well, dad's fine. Like he's okay. And then I'm like thinking, am I really needed and then and then I'm really thinking about Mike and Heather and I'm like I will let them down so badly right now. I mean literally they're supposed to get on a plane in 2 hours. Are they going to be able to get their plane tickets refunded? Like they've been looking forward to this and now I'm going to completely let them down. And I mean I know now talking about this it feels like such an obvious you know, answer of what to do, but it wasn't obvious to me at the time. And it's probably cause I hadn't seen my dad the last time I'd seen him. It looked like he was doing a lot better. And my mom was also not saying like, you need to get down here. I mean, she knew I was trying to leave, but I, I called Micah from the plane and I just said, my mom just said, my dad's an ICU. We're supposed to leave. I feel terrible. And she just said, Jessica, you've got to go be by your dad's side. Mm. And that might seem like such an obvious thing that any of us would say to our friends. But I think I have always had this fear that when the going gets tough, people will leave me. And so in that moment, like, and Micah is a seven on the Enneagram and I know adventure is super important to her, you know, and like getting to do that cool, fun thing. So I knew that was probably a little hard for her to say, but I, I, there was something in that moment that was pretty profound for me where I realized like the going gets tough and like she is telling me to do the right thing for me, you know, not for her. And she's helping me prioritize right now in a cloudy time that it's a little hard for me to do that, especially when you're not connected to your heart or your gut. I make decisions from my, from my mind. Mm. So it was really powerful. And then to go, go be there with my dad and then realizing how much I was needed. My mom was at the end of her rope. I ended up spending the night 
for a few days. And on top of that, the doctors had not in fact done what I had asked them to do before I'd left for Denver. They were supposed to give him a lumbar puncture, which would have diagnosed the encephalitis and they hadn't done that. And so it really took advocating for what I believed was the correct diagnosis. And then the solution to that is to actually put him on steroids, which they had not done yet. And so I had to do a lot of standing up and using my voice in the hospital, which again, took a lot of the taking down that armor because, you know, in my head, it was like, these are the doctors and shouldn't you be that Southern polite girl who is kind of, you know, and so I had kind of that conversation in my head, but I think just realizing like we can only show up for people when we understand that our presence matters, Yeah, that we can only show up for people when we go, I know what I have to give. And I'm not going to try to give what I don't have. I'm not going to try to give money to the guy if I don't have money. But I know that I can pray. I know there's power in my presence. And I think so much of us are like waiting on the invitation or waiting to figure it out. Or we're so focused on what other people have that we're not owning. God, I've got, there's power in my presence. Like not because I own a fashion business, not because, you know, I just wrote a book or whatever, like just because of me and just because of whoever's listening right now, like there is power in your presence and there is someone's life that you were meant to call forth, you know? And I think when we're living that way, then there's just kind of this like beautiful exchange of multiplying power, you know, we're just all elevating one another's worth, one another's gifts, one another's how we want to experience one another in the world. And when we can live like that, that is how the world changes to your point, you know? Yeah. Wow. So good. Is that what you would describe as the hardest part right now or unpack what's the hardest part for you in this season? I think for me, I mean, oh gosh, Jess, now you're going to make me cry. My dad is like my person Mm -hmm. and it's just, I think it's just so crazy to be, I've seen other friends walk through it. They call it the sandwich generation, right? Where like, Mm -hmm. you're like taking care of your kids and then now starting to take care of your parents. And my parents are just super high energy folks. I mean, they take care of me. I mean, for real, like they watch my kids and they show up for me and you know, I believe they're still going to recover from this whole situation. But like right now, I mean, my dad's home from the hospital, but he's really weak. I mean, he almost died and he's, that's very hard for him because he really is a high, high energy, high capacity guy to sort of feel trapped in his own body. is really challenging. So I think just kind of understanding, you know, I'm needed and, um, Yeah, I think the challenge is like, oh gosh, I am needed by my parents and I'm going to own that instead of diminish it because I think naturally I want to be like, they're fine, they're great. And my parents will be like that too because they're super independent, especially my dad, you know, like I'm fine, I'm fine, you know. So to really like own the fact that my presence is needed there and then, well, my presence is needed at home and my presence is needed in my business and, you know, that is just kind of a lot to, to carry. Mm. And I think for me, 
when we're given a lot to carry, then we need to let go of those things that are weighing us down, that are dragging us down, that aren't priorities. You know, it's like suddenly priorities become more clear. So I think for me, it's a matter of um, kind of going through a clarifying time right now and really seeking God on what's highest, best use of my role at noonday, what's highest, best use of my role in our family? What's highest, best use of my role with my parents? And kind of getting clarity on that so that I can walk in those things well. And then, of course, prioritizing the rituals that ultimately keep me grounded, which honestly, I just threw out the window. I mean, my dad was in ICU and I like drove through the Chick-fil-A drive through and got a milkshake. Yeah. I mean, that's like the bottom of the barrel. I saw. I saw for you. <laughs> But you, you know what, though? I, I didn't put online that I got a milkshake. I was like, I'm a Chick-fil-A. <laughs> it's numbing. But no, I didn't say, oh, yeah, I just got, like, like chicken nuggets and a milkshake, guys. Like, this this was definitely numbing. <laughs> this was not self-care. This was numbing. Um, and then, of course, you know, I know you and I have talked about just body image stuff. And so I, like, put on a little bit of pounds because I've been comfort eating, which is what happened. So anyway, now I'm back. This is my first full week back in Austin in, like, in months, literally. And so I, uh, it's been good. It's, it's, we're recording this on a Wednesday. I've worked out every day. I've been eating awesome. And already it's, like, three days of just normalcy of, like, yeah. prayer exercise and eating well, it's amazing what that will do for you. In fact, when someone comes to me and they're cloudy, depressed or whatever, I mean, I think some of the first questions we can ask one another is like, well, how are you sleeping? How are you praying? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me answer those questions and then come back in a week when you're doing all those things and then we'll see how you're doing, you know, because our body, we live in our body. And yet that's like the one thing that we've got to be taking care of, because if you don't have the energy or, or tired or you're not putting the right stuff in, then that affects everything else. And I think we don't talk about that enough. Like we have accountability for everything else, but like how much are you sleeping at night? Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. This is so good. What you're touching on also is so wildly important, right? This tension between like your presence matters and then when it matters, it feels heavy. So how do we hold it? How do we carry it? In order to carry it, you've got to be taking care of yourself. I mean, you just do. You do. And I'm not talking about like massages and pedicures. They're awesome and I do plenty of that. I'm just talking about the basic getting your sleep at night, eating the right stuff and, you know, your body. Okay, let me tell you, we're going to move into the next section of the podcast where I'm going to ask you about small tips or tricks. But now, before I even ask yours, I have to ask you about one of mine. Do you use any kind of a sleep app? Uh, like a meditation app? No, I just started using a sleep app that measures my sleep. Oh, gosh. And well, I, No, I don't. It massively spurs me on because it, it gives you a score at the end of every night. So the first thing Nick and I do now is talk about our score when we wake up in the morning. Like, what'd you get? What'd you get? And, but it spurs me on to do better. And I start seeing like when I do certain things that it makes my score go up, it makes me get better sleep. So sometimes I have to watch it because I become a little bit of a like freak about trying to get a high score. And that's obviously not the goal, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, I'm like playing games in my sleep, but it just, it shows me that little small things make such a shift and sometimes it's not small things I mean so for example it's heavily based on how many hours you get so if I get less than seven hours I cannot get a good score like my I just can't do it 
Now, my husband, Nick, he gets, like, 90% so often. He's, like, really often, like, really high 80s, 90% score every night. I live in the 50s and the 60s. See, I, I have to say I'm a, I am have high sleep needs. I have to have eight hours, nine hours is my optimum. If I get under eight, I feel like I'm hungover. So I get my sleep. And I think that's why when I was sleeping with my dad in a recliner mm-hmm. for a few nights, and then I flew to Guatemala and was doing a photo shoot there where we're waking up at five in the morning, like I came home and I was like, oh my God, I think I'm losing my mind. I think I'm depressed. I think the whole world's ending. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's like, no, I think you just actually need a couple of good nights of sleep. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I, I need my sleep, but like 50%, like what? I don't understand. How much are you sleeping? It's the hours. I'm not getting enough hours. So I just, I'll get like five and a half or six hours and 10 minutes. And I know that my sleep spot. So early though. Do you still do that? I really don't as much, but I am like, a, like you were like 435, something yeah, crazy. 450 is my like natural body clock. That's when it wants to wake up. So I really try not to like today. I slept till 630, which was like an effort that took trying. That is crazy. Yeah, but it's it's not it's not because I'm like, I love the mornings. I just have to get up. It's like it's it's a natural body thing that my body. But so I should go to bed at nine and I don't I go to bed at like midnight. See, that's hard. I mean, that is hard when your body naturally wakes up early. See, my husband is like you. I mean, he naturally gets up 4.45, but he cannot make it past 9 o'clock unless we're, you know. I mean, when we're at home having a normal night, the kids go down and he goes down. Uh, (laughs) I I need to do that. I need to do that. It's hard though. Isn't it hard? I read this book by Gretchen Rubin all about habits and she talked about how this mental game that we play that like, that's our time. You know, it's like we, we reserve like the nine to 10 or the 10 to 11 is like, but I have to have this time to myself or something. We, we play these justification things, even though actually it ends up being more harmful for us, you know, when we're not actually just going to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you struggle with? Like, is it like, yeah, you're like, okay, everyone's asleep. And now this is now it's my time. I want to find, I'm find that excerpt in her book. I need to to read it. I need to read it. What's the title of her book? It is called Better Than Before. Okay, Better Than Before. She's written a couple, but the Better Than Before is her book on habits, and I went through a whole little season on, like, reading about habits. That's about all I've done is read about them, but no, it was actually, it was really helpful. We just had a podcast meeting yesterday, we're going to reach out to her for an interview because I want to do a whole New Year series on what does it take to restart You know, and she talks a lot about that. Like when you stop doing something, how do you restart doing it again? That's good. That was really good. good. Okay. What? So my sleep app is really helping me because it's at least making me aware like this is not working. (laughs) I love that it's helping though because it's goal oriented and you're like, yeah. yeah. For a person who loves metrics and I love some metrics, I love statistics to see like what's happening. How's it changing? How's it growing? It's at least sobering me enough that like, for example, last night, was bad enough that I didn't even turn it on because I didn't want to see 
It's like when you don't weigh yourself. I was like, I don't even want to know. I don't want to know. I got on the scale this week. That was another thing from Gretchen Rubin. Because, you know, I went through a compulsive weighing myself, period, for years, you know. And then my mood, it was, like, all about the numbers. So, of course, I had to go through a season where I didn't do that. And I did. I went through several years of just, like, skill doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. But then, you know, in her book, it's like I also realized I needed to swing the pendulum back a little bit and have some level of accountability. And as long as I could use the scale as just like a data point and not as like my mood barometer for the day. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it was interesting because I did, I was like, you know what, it's time for me to get on the scale because I know I've been eating horrible and I just need a little bit of accountability. And I got on the scale. I'm like, yep, I've gained about eight pounds in the last five months. And you know, that makes sense because right. I went through the drive through and got a milkshake and <laughs> that's okay. Cause like, it's not, it wasn't like, Oh my gosh, really? Like, right. you know what I mean? Right. right. It was like, I know where this is coming from. I see this. I'm, I'm aware. And then I know how to just like, okay, I'm going to eat healthy today. There wasn't like this. I'm going to fast and I'm not only going to eat vegetables. It was like, okay, I'm not going to eat sugar and carbs and I'm exercising and I know how to like bring this back. But I'm curious for your sleep. What do you feel good on? I'm wondering how you set your goal. Like, are you yeah. setting your goal at eight hours? Because if you're consistently at 50%, maybe you're at the wrong goal. Like if you feel good on six hours, then I, I, although they've done so many studies actually to show that you do actually need eight hours, but yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. hard. It's hard if you actually feel good on six. I think you're, I think I need to get to that. I think this, I think using the app was the sobering piece for me that would like open my eyes to what was actually happening. And now I need to maybe get more into like, how do I actually want to feel and what time do I want to go to bed and what time do I want to wake up? Yeah. Like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. I need to find out. I'll let you know. I'll report back. Listen to your body. I mean, don't mm -hmm. just, you know, you got to listen to your body. Yeah. Okay. But that's the, the app is helping me. Are there any like small tips or tricks that are helping you balance all that you're balancing, even though balance is kind of a myth, but what right. is helping you just handle it and, and yeah. serve where God is asking you to, and to show up? Well, the thing that I can take with me everywhere is quietness with God and doing 15 minutes like that it's like the bare minimum but even with that like when I like woke up in the hospital or woke up in Guatemala like I wasn't even doing my 15 minutes of I repeat right now the mantra Christ is in me Christ is with me mm. and I just say it out loud for 15 minutes and um it just focuses me and and eventually you know hopefully the idea is that it kind of leads me into this experience where I'm feeling felt by God. I'm feeling known by God. I'm experiencing his withness with me. That doesn't always happen. Um, because you know, my hamster brain, but that to me is the most basic of things. So when, when people do ask me about kind of tools, I'm not a super tool oriented person. I, I'm sure I could use a lot more of that in my life. I'm not driven by goals. I'm driven a lot 
lot more by experiences. And, you know, I'm definitely more of like the P on the Myers-Briggs, a little like don't box me in, a little open-ended. Um, but when I, so when I think about, you know, when people ask me about balance, it's usually about these rituals that ground me, which are taking a Sabbath and exercising, moving my body and having my meditation time. But again, those are values that I have in my life. And then I find it's pretty easy if I get into a place of feeling pretty frazzled or out of control or whatever, I can usually look and say, it's because I haven't kept these rituals. Mm. You know, I love my friend, um, Kurt Thompson, who's a psychiatrist. And we were talking on the phone this summer and he said, Jessica, you've got to let your practices set your pace. Do not let your pace set your practices. I love that. So for me, it's more about my practices and it's less about tools. I, I like my fitness app. I did do that very consistently the first like six months of the year, actually like super consistently. But right now I'm very aware of energy. You know, we only have so much energy and the thought of writing everything down right now, it's just a little too much for me to commit to in the middle of everything else. But I can see the light. I can see that day coming, you know, but I'm just right now I'm pulling back on sugar. I'm pulling back on stupid refined carbs that don't do anything for your body. I'm dialing up my meditation. I'm dialing up my exercise. And then I think when I'm a a little bit out of the clear in my schedule, I still have a pretty crazy schedule over the next few weeks. But once I'm in the clear, then I'm going to up my accountability a little bit. I'm just not one of those type A. I'm just not. It's, it's just, it's hard for me, girl. Yeah, no, that's good. I love that. Hey friends, I want to take a minute in the middle of this podcast to make sure that you know about Go Teams. Go teams are just one arm of what we do here at Go and Tell Gals, but it is our intentional coaching groups where we encourage women in their individual callings. If you don't know what we're talking about, here's the quick story. Go teams are groups of 15 women who receive online coaching in their calling while entering into intentional community to spur one another on. You might not know this, but I've been coaching women for years and years in small business and in ministry and also in all things publishing. And genuinely, my heart is to see as many women as possible step into the gifts God has given them to use what they've got for his glory and the good of others. But we realized a few months ago that there was a flaw in my coaching and that women needed other women to spur them on and keep them excited about what God had asked them to do. They needed other women to walk with after the coaching was over. So we restructured everything and introduced Go Teams. And now three times a year, we take 90 women through this online coaching process in their individual callings. And then we also resource them with one another with groups that they can keep going as long as they like. If you want to hear more about Go Teams, we are launching our next set of teams in January 2019 and spots open this week. Make sure you're following the Go and Tell Gals Instagram or that you've subscribed to our newsletter so you can get more information. We would love to see the seeds that God has planted in you come to the surface. We would love to encourage you in the gifts he's given you, and we would love to give you everything we've got to spur you on and keep you encouraged. We're going to end 
on just some fun, easy questions. One you've already touched on that I love to ask everyone is, do you care about the Enneagram? And do you know what you are on the Enneagram? And I know the answer for you is you yeah. Care. You care a ton. I, do. I care a ton. So I'm with you. Yeah. You've already mentioned you're a seven on the Enneagram. Are you a wing eight? I swing pretty easily between the two wings. I have a lot more six in me that I care to admit, but I think that the loyalist in me, the one who's like fiercely loyal to my friends and then kind of that fear oriented part of me is, is definitely the six, but then the one who likes to not be controlled, that's my eight wing. Okay. I like it. I like it. Is there a book you're currently reading? Is there something, you've already mentioned a few that are so good, but is there anything uh, you're currently reading that's like... Yes, I mean, I'm reading, I'm reading way too many books right now, but Dare to Lead is the one that I really started camping out on last weekend, and I'm loving it because Brene Brown's work, you know, has deeply influenced me, and we become, I don't know, I, I don't know if I can claim her my friend. I'm sure she would call me a friend, but anyway... <laughs> So I'm just loving her book. It's it's definitely very much a summary of her previous work, but in a way that I'm really liking. And leadership has been kind of my theme for this last year for both me and my business partner. And so I'm just really grateful to have one. I feel like it'll be my, kind of my go-to Brene Brown book for sure when it comes to leadership. So anyway, I'm just, I'm loving, I'm loving that book. And I just bought the memoir by the Nike founder. Shoe Dog. Yes. Yes. Shoe Dog. Yeah. My husband loved that book. I cannot wait to read it. Joe and I are booking a trip to Mexico. I'm like, it's putting sunshine (laughs) into my my clouds. This is what sevens do when we're exhausted and strung out. We're like, let's book another flight. (laughs) Book another flight. So going going to Mexico and I'm I'm kinda like trying to curate my my books for that, that trip. Love it. Okay, tell me what's your coffee order? I don't think I know this about you and I really wish I did. Okay, well non fat latte. Okay. Although I have to say I did keto like for a couple weeks at the very beginning of this year. And that's kind of like what I'm, I realized my body responds to that. And so I did get into bulletproof coffee or just the whole better coffee thing. And so if I'm really kind of trying to do that, then I'll I'll do a little better coffee, but it's not very sustainable. I love that. And do you have a secret talent? Girl, did you know that I was a tap dancer for like 14 years? Um, no, but I'm very happy to know this. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You get me up late at night and get me a little loopy and I will be doing some tap dancing for you. I would like to see that immediately. Thank you. Okay. You're um, welcome. Next next trip to the ranch, please. Okay. Sounds good. And do you have a favorite lipstick? Do you have a favorite lipstick? I'm curious. I'll, I've I have a favorite heard... lipstick brand. Okay. Bite. Okay. Have you heard of Bite? It's really creamy. It feels so good on the lips. And then they have these awesome colors. So my, my crazy color by them is called cayenne and it's, it's a really fun one and they, you can do little travel sizes. And so oftentimes lipsticks can be so bulky in your makeup bag. So I love having these little guys because then I can have a lot of lipstick selection. It doesn't take up so much space. I love it. So good. Hey, thank you so much for being honest and showing up and bringing your presence to what we needed today. I'm just so grateful you made the time. Thank you for sharing everything. Anything for you, girl. I just, I'm like, 
Oh, good. I get to, got to spend some time with Jess. That's what matters. The best gift. I'll be at your pool soon. I'm going to just come and I'll cry to you and we won't Please. record it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll cry to you and we won't record it. How about Sounds that? Sounds good. Thank you, okay. Jessica. Would you stop where you're at? Would you just pray for Jessica, for my friend Jessica Honiger? Would you ask God to bring her peace and joy and comfort in this season? Would you pray for her family? Would you pray for her dad's health? Would you pray for her mom? Would you pray for her kids and her husband? Would you just ask God to give them what they need in this season? And would you ask God to help them feel his presence, his nearness, his power right where they're at? Here's what I'm taking away from this episode. Number one, Your presence is needed. Our presence is needed. And we can't really make an impact if we don't really show up. And so I'm going to think about doing that today with my friends, bringing my full self to the table, bringing my honesty and my vulnerability to the table and being there and just seeing them and seeing what they need to. I'm also remembering that oftentimes being a good friend to Jesus, being a woman who runs on mission, it means slowing down to care enough for those around me who are sick or hurting and to let myself hurt over them being sick or in pain as well. I'm so thankful, right, that this is the message of Go and Tell Gals, that we all can just hold what God's given us to do, whether it's founding incredible companies or writing books or loving our kids or loving our parents or loving whoever we come in contact with today and bringing our full selves to the table, seeing them, seeing what they need and being the actual hands and feet and mouth of Jesus to them. I love you gals. I'm so proud of you. I'm excited for what God's doing in your life. I'm excited for what he's stirring up in this podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so. We would love to just make sure we're in contact with you and you have these new episodes as they come out. And if you have a minute to leave a review, tell somebody else how the podcast has impacted you. We'd be so grateful. We love you gals and we'll be back next week with two new episodes. (music)